Well, last week we started a message that we're going to finish up today that we're calling Abounding in Love. And we had a couple of main text scriptures, and one of them is John 13, 34, and 35. You guys are familiar with this one. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. I forgot about the second one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. There's a few things I want you to notice about these just two verses, but there's a lot in these verses. And that is that the Lord told us three times that we're to love one another. Everybody say, love one another. Isn't that one of our biggest challenges sometimes? Sure, it's easy to love someone that's lovely, that's treating you good and and treating you well, but how many know it's a challenge to love someone that treats you like dirt, that steps all over you, that climbs all over you, that doesn't care about your feelings or what's going on in your life or, or whatever that's going on with you. They're just stepping on you. Well, that person is harder to love. And so, but we're instructed to love one another, but it also is a command. And that's something we should take very seriously. Many believers really do believe that, sure, there's love involved in our life, and they kind of pick and choose who they want to love. They kind of, they're, they're, yeah, you know, I love this person, this person. I love most people. I love people in church. What's well, easy to love people in church. No one here is stabbing one another in the back. No one's gossiping and backbiting. No one's stealing, right? There's none of that going on, is there? All right, none of that's going on. Well, we came together and we love one another, right? And we look forward to seeing one another. It's easy to love here. It's when we step out those doors and get out in the real world out there that the challenge comes in. But we are instructed to love one another, and it's a command. Everybody say command. A command is not an option. A command is a command. It is, this is what you're going to do, and this is a command. Now, the wonderful thing in the New Covenant is we only got one command. Isn't it great? We only got to memorize one thing. (laughs) What do we got to memorize? Love God, love people. Everybody say it with me. Love God, love people. That's all you have to do in life. I mean, one of the, uh, another way of phrasing it, the Bible calls it the royal law of love. All we have to do to fulfill all the Old Testament law is one thing. Just walk in love. Really, we don't even have to memorize the Ten Commandments. Why? Because if I love you, I'm not going to steal from you. If I love you, I'm certainly not going to murder. If I love you, you know, if you go through the Ten Commandments, it's easy. If we just simply walk in love. Now, God requires us to walk in love But he didn't require us to do something we're not capable of. You see, when we received Jesus, when we became a new creation in Christ, we took on his nature. What does the Bible say God is? God is love, right? Love is not something he's working on. Love is not something that is just God is involved with a lot. The Bible says God is love. And if we're a child of God, what does that make us? If God is love and we're his children, that means we are children of love. That his love nature has been put in our spirit. Romans 5 5 tells us that we were filled with the Spirit of God. And when we were filled with the Spirit of God, we were filled with his love. We were filled. Everybody say, I'm filled. 
with the love of God. Amen. Not the love, not, not natural love, all right? Not even motherly love, as good as that is. Not brotherly love. We are filled with the love of God. The love of God never fails. Isn't that good news? The love of God never quits. It never gives up. It never says, that's enough. Every other love on this earth has a certain point. That's enough. Even motherly love, even brotherly love has a point that it will reach that it cannot go any further. It just doesn't have the capability. But God's love never reaches that point. In fact, God's love goes one step further. God's love is a love that does not require a response. Every other love does. Eventually, there has to be some reciprocating with that love to keep it moving, to keep it going. But the love of God, God says, I love you, period. You can hate God. He still loves you. He still loves you. That is a love that the world scratches their head at. And that's why the Bible says in verse 35, By this all will know. What's the all? The people out in the world will know that we are His disciples if we have love for one another. How's the world going to know that we're following Jesus? By the love they see that we have for another. That there is no gossiping. There is no backbiting. There is no stealing. There is no... We're, we're always looking out for one another. Helping one another. Uh, regardless of even sometimes personal beliefs. In the body of Christ, how many agree that we have one thing in common? We can have all kinds of denominational differences. But what brings us together... Who is the one who brings us together, I should say? Everybody say Jesus. See, I don't care, no matter what denomination someone's in, we can agree on one thing, that Jesus is Lord and He's the only way. That's all we got to be concerned about. All these other little things, we'll work them out. You know what I'm saying? And if you, if, if you think that we're the ones that are all right, you're messed up too. Because I guarantee you there's a few things off that we, we might have it really good, really close, but I guarantee you there are some things that will we'll get straightened out in heaven. You know, I guarantee you that's probably what's going to happen the first part of heaven. If you're, if you're not a baby Christian, you're going to go to school to get your doctrine straightened out. In other words, God's going to pull the Bible out and we'll have a Bible class and he'll sit there and he'll teach us the Word of God as it is, and get us all straightened out. Amen? we got a lot of room to grow. Amen? we got a lot of room. we got a lot of things we could learn about God and His Word. The fact is, though, we know that we need to be walking in love. We're encouraged, and this is where we get into the message, we're encouraged to grow in that love, not to stay stagnant, but to develop that love. In other words, we are to increase our capacity to love others like Jesus loved us. And remember, He's our standard. Just right there you have room to grow, don't you? If you use Jesus as the standard of love, we all have room to develop and grow. And it's a continual thing in our life. It should be our focus. Why? Because God is love. Everybody say it with me again. God is love. Now, if I want to get close to God, what do I have to be in? i got to be walking in that love. I can't be walking out of that love and be close to the Lord. If you'll take some time on your own, okay, and read 1 John, okay, just the first chapter, 
But read it slowly. And read it in a version that doesn't have all of these and thous, something like a, an NIV or a New Living Translation. And if you'll read it slowly, you'll see that, that the Lord makes it very clear to us. He makes it very clear that if we say that we're in fellowship with God, but we're not walking in His love, we're a liar. In other words, that's it. So in other words, the closer we are to the love of God, the closer we are to God. Amen? Now, one of the things we talked about, and how do we grow? How do we develop the love that God put in us? And that is, part of it is prayer. Remember I told you there were some Holy Spirit-inspired prayers in the New Testament to lead us in the right direction, okay? One of them we're not going to look at today, but was Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. And in there, the Holy Spirit, through Paul, penned a prayer for you and I to pray, all right? And that prayer is to help grow us up, to help develop us. And part of it is in the love of God. And at the end of the prayer, as it talks about growing in the knowledge of God, as I mean, growing in the knowledge of the love of God, one of the things it says is the reason why. And the reason why is so that we can walk in the fullness of God, the fullness of God. So what does that tell me? Are we walking in the fullness yet? A hundred percent? I think we got room to grow. How many would agree? How many got room in your love walk to grow? Every hand ought to be up in this room. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like giving a, a humble badge to everybody because they were so humble. The moment they accepted the badge, they lost it. Okay. You just get to stop and think about that for a moment, okay? (laughs) Listen, isn't God good to us? Aren't you glad he's so faithful? Aren't you glad he loves you even when you do dumb things? Anybody ever done dumb things? I'll even count my fingers. I mean, done dumb things, but he loves me. He's patient and kind. He doesn't give up on me. And that's something that we need to pass on to others. Look with me at a couple of these scriptures. Philippians 1.9. This is a prayer again. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more. Abound. The word abound means to thrive and grow. It means to prosper. It means to increase. So God is saying that He wants our love to abound, to grow more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. More and more. He didn't put an end to it, didn't He? It's something that we're constantly growing in constantly developing in first thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12 and may the lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all to one another and to all are we supposed to love our brother and sister in christ are we are we supposed to love the world even if they spit at us right that's what he's saying love one to one another one another okay in the body of christ and to all and all, all right? And that all doesn't usually treat us the same as those in the body of Christ. But the fact is, the Lord wants us to increase and abound in love. Let me ask you a very honest question. I want you to raise your hand, all right? You ready? Have you ever found it hard to love somebody? I mean, I, I, I mean, hard, hard. They made it hard. <laughs> I mean, they made it very difficult for you. And you know what? 
we can grow our love muscles, so to speak, enough, we can overcome that. We can forgive quicker. We can let go quicker. And guess what? To whose benefit is that? Your benefit. Your benefit. The faster, the, the more you can, your capacity to love others is ruling your life. Think about it now. God never fails, right? And the Bible says love never fails, which God is love. So how many of you like not failing in life? <laughs> right? And we could fail all the time. We're just in the little things, you know, that add up to bigger things. But we don't have to. We don't have to make those kind of mistakes. Why? Because the, the problem is, a lot of the times, we're not walking in love. We're not, that's not the thing in our life that's motivating everything in our life. But if love is motivating, the love of God is motivating, is pushing everything in our life, and listen to me, God is love. How many would agree God is a very successful spiritual being? How do we be successful in life? How do we, how do we live the best life we can have? We do it by drawing closer to God, but to get closer to God, we've got to get closer or grow in the love of God, right? We've got to develop in the love of God. So let's look at some steps that we can take in life. That's what I want to share with you this morning that will help us grow in love. Now, the first one that we went over last week was prayer, okay? What does that mean? Your fellowship with the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Now, is it scriptural for us to say, Lord, give us more love? Good job. No one responded. Now, some of you might be thinking, I didn't want to say anything one way or the other because I didn't want to stir the pot and I might have embarrassed myself. But I think most of you probably understood you can't scripturally pray that way. Right? Asking God for more love is unscriptural. What is scriptural is asking Him to help develop and grow the love we have. Okay? To increase in what we already have. You don't need more love. You just need to use what's already in you. It's already there, all right? We just need to develop it. Now, that's what I want to talk about. Secondly, is that love must be exercised. So if you're taking notes, this is what I write down. Love must be exercised on purpose. How many agree our bodies need to be exercised? Now, see, you don't want to answer that because you're thinking, I ain't doing squat, Pastor. And so I'm not putting my hand up. But how many would agree, whether you're doing it or not, your body should be exercised, right? I mean, now it's good for us to do certain things on purpose, but what I mean is, is that we would all agree, yes, it is healthy. In fact, I was, I was watching a, a, a bit of a news thing yesterday morning, and this guy was on there who's an expert on uh, growing older. And he was talking about how the human brain as people get older, can actually shrink some. So in other words, as they're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, their brain is a little bit smaller. And that's not really, he said, that big of a deal in itself. But what is, is the connections in that brain. It's not brain cells dying, but the connections. That's where he said lead into Alzheimer's and all the different kind of dementia, all these kind of different things. Now, how many like the idea of keeping your mind? All right? <laughs> I don't want to lose my mind, okay? What good is life if I don't even know who I am? All right? So we want that. Well, the first thing the doctor said was, and he was an older guy himself, and the first thing he said was, get blood pumping in every area. In other words, he was saying, one of the best things we can do to help our bodies is simply just exercise. 
He said, get the blood pumping to where you're sweating some every day. I mean, you're really putting some energy out there. That will help in your brain. Can you believe that? I know no one wants to. Well, Pastor, isn't there a pill? I mean, isn't that be easier to slip it right in a meal? And you know, But the fact is, God made us with two legs. And these things walk. It's amazing. I mean, we've been doing it all our life, but we think since the invention of the car... And all the other things that make it to where we don't even... We sit in a chair and order pizza, change the channel, um, do emails instead of regular mail, pay bills. You never had to even leave the chair. I mean, we can do all kinds of things. And the reality is that didn't change the way God made us. God made us to walk, all right? He made us to move. And so they were talking about that is one of the number one things you can do is exercise your physical body will really help your mind, all right? It'll help that area, not including other things, you know, but that's important. The bottom line is here, our love for God and our love for others must be exercised. It must be used in order to grow. We must not only be praying about increase and abounding in love, but we also must be acting on the Word of God. The Bible makes it clear that we all know this, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Or faith without actions. What's faith? Well, our faith is trusting in the Word of God and we step out by action in doing that. But faith, trusting in God without doing anything, is dead. It's meaningless. It's powerless. There's nothing there. And so we need to exercise our love muscles if they're to grow. Many believers, listen carefully, assume that love is simply expressed through words. And that's simply not true. In other words, there's a lot of believers that don't stop and think about this. They tell God how much they love Him. And they go on and on, Oh Lord, I love You. I appreciate You. I love You so much. But then their life from those words goes to just doing whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, without a a concern at all to the next Sunday. Does that show that they're loving God? No. Those are just words. If I did that with my wife, I never would have got anywhere if it would have just been words. In fact, there's a lot of people that use words like I love you to what? Manipulate, to twist, to get what they want out of something, which is the absolute opposite of the Word of God. There should be no selfish motive in the love of God, right? But the fact is, is that we cannot just love in word only. You know, uh, the Lord, I had a dream as I woke up this morning. And in the dream, I'm in a situation sharing some stories and stuff. And it came out to something in my own personal life. And as I woke up, I realized that the Lord wanted me to share this. And it's talking about adding actions with our love back when and i've shared this before but the lord was reminding me of it that when i was uh, a young man and uh, dating lisa when i finally decided that i need to step forward with a commitment i don't mean i asked her to marry me i want you to listen closely i was just wanting to take it another level in regards to my commitment my faithfulness i'm telling her that you're the one and there's no one else and this is the direction we're headed. And the words were, I love you. 
See, I connected the words I love you to that commitment. There's a lot of people that throw the words I love you out all the time over everything. And it's meaningless in our society because what do we say? I love that car. I love my house. I like that pizza. I love this. I like pepperoni pizza. I like, I love this ice cream. We use the word love so whatever for everything that it's lost its heart meaning. And when I, I sat there, we were on the phone. I still remember this. I was sitting on the floor in the dark. It took me almost 45 minutes to get the words out of my mouth. I was just realizing the commitment I'm making with those words. Those words meant something to me. Those words meant I'm going to lay my life down. I'm planning on spending the rest of my life with you. That's it. That's why it took me so long to get the words out. And when I finally said the words, there was a real relief in me that I finally shared them. But at that point, as far as I was concerned, she's the one and there is no other. And we just need to work out, you know, uh, when I'm finally going to ask her to marry me and that kind of stuff. But do you see the seriousness of those words? They were connected to actions in my life. They weren't just words. They weren't just something for me just to make her feel good. You follow me? They weren't just to get something. And see, we need to understand that when we talk about love being exercised, love must have actions connected to it. Even in the natural world, we know that love requires more than just mere words. The words, I love you, in other words, are meaningless unless they're backed up with actions. Anyone can say, I love you. Listen to me carefully. If you ought to write this down, if anything. Especially if for some of you who are wondering, well, what is love? In other words, how do I know someone really loves me? I'm going to answer that. Love is revealed through what we do, not just what we say. Love is revealed through what we do, not just what we say. A good example of that is what? John 3.16. Everybody in here should know that. For God so loved the world, He what? Gave His only begotten Son. It didn't say He told the world. Could God have told everyone on the planet He loves them at one time? He could have got a big megaphone and just made it work. (laughs) He could have just did it, you know. But see, that's not the way he chose to do it. He chose what? Actions will prove his love. He gave the best he had. There was nothing greater than Jesus. And Jesus meant everything to him. He was his own son. He was part of the Godhead. They had never been separated. That's why Jesus, remember when he, when he was on the cross and he said, My God, why have you forsaken me? He has never been separated from God the Father. And yet at that moment, he was. He was in total darkness. He became sin and God turned his back on him. He had never experienced that before. But the fact is, love must be exercised. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. My little children... Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. A lot of the times we read this verse and the only thing that flashes through our minds is maybe giving to missions or someone feeding the hungry. 
This scripture is for every part of our life, guys. Let us not love in word or in tongue. In other words, just by saying something, let's put actions with it. In other words, God is saying if your actions don't line up with your words or about love, then they're meaningless. It's useless. And so that's one good way to measure things. Love is revealed through what we do, not just what we say. Words of love just, listen to me, words of love just fall to the ground without action behind them. They must have action. Number two, our love for God is expressed through obedience. Our love for God is expressed through obedience. Everybody say obedience. It's not a bad word. It's a good word. All right? Obedience. If we love God, then we're going to obey Him. If we really love the Lord then we will obey the Word of God and the leading of the Spirit of God, whether we feel like it or not. Our feelings are of no consequence. Listen to me carefully. I need everybody to pay attention because this is something that slides right over people's heads. It just They hear it, but they don't hear it because I don't understand why their actions don't change. How many here love God? Now, I'm, I'm looking around. Ah, keep your hand up. Everybody's hands up, Right? All right? Everybody's hands up because we love God. Say, I love God. All right? Now, we're going to look at a verse, all right? And we're going to see what Jesus said about us loving God. What is us loving God? Well, John 14, 15, Jesus speaking. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. What is he saying? What's his commandments? What's another word? His word. If you love me, Keep my word. If you love me, keep... Let let me ask you a question. I want all of you listening, and I want you listening closely. This is so vitally important. How many of you would say that every time you see something in the Word of God revealed to you through a preacher, through a sermon you heard, through you reading the Bible, that you do it every single time? Do not raise your hand. In other words, you act on it. Did Jesus just say, if you love me, you'll do my word? He didn't say, if you love me, when it's convenient for you. When you love me, you get to pick and choose. What did he say? If you love me, keep my word. If you love me, keep my word. Say it with me. If I love the Lord, I do what he said. Now, Is that reasonable? (laughs) Being that he made us, (laughs) being that he created us, being how many believe that God only has good intentions for us, right? Is it beneficial for us to obey him? He only has good things for us. But see, we got it in our head. Well, God is a merciful, gracious God, and he understands when I just don't feel like it. Well, my wife doesn't. She expects my actions to line up with my words. She's not going to stay with me if I committed to provide and protect and keep her and be faithful to her. Why should she stay with me if I don't? In other words, you see what I'm saying? If you love me, keep my word. How many would agree that if someone loves you, they respect your word? Right? You would say, if someone says, oh yeah, yeah, I love you a great deal, but I'm going to have to pick and choose when I believe you or not. 
Is that love? No. In fact, you'd almost want to maybe reevaluate the relationship a little bit. You know, I, I don't know about that. You know, if you love me. Now, let, let's, let's cement this a little further. 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. This is the love of God. It's not your opinion. Look at me for a moment. There are many Christians that if, the, if, if I questioned their love for God, they would bow. I mean, they would get in my face. Don't you judge me. Don't you dare. You don't know what's in my heart. I don't care what's in your heart. What's out here? Did the Bible say that, listen to me, if you love me, then cherish me in your heart? Did it? See, again, doing that without actions is what? Faith without works is dead. Your your actions reveal your love. If there's no fruit, if there's no actions, if there's no proof of it, then I would question the validity of the love, or at least the level of it. Boy, it's kind of rough, huh? But it, it, am I preaching the word? It's not my. I want you. I want you guys seriously, because boy, I got heavy in the room. Am, am I just reading the Bible? I'm not. I'm not the one who wrote this, guys. I'm the one who's just telling you what's written, and we're all looking at it together. The fact is this. Look at it again. 1 John 5, 3. You still got it there. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, His word. Now look at this. And His commandments are not burdensome. There's some beautiful thing that God added here. And His commandments or His word is not burdensome. Why is it not burdensome? Because the closer I am in my fellowship with Him, then I want the same things He wants. Therefore, His word is easy. What's our only rule? What's our only one command? To what? To love one another. To love one another. Everything else God asks for is easy if we're swimming, so, so to speak, in the pool of love. If we're, if we're in that and we're moving towards the Lord, if we're fellowshipping with Him and we're in His Word, and we're, we will love what He loves. We will want to do what He wants to do. In other words, that's why he's saying his word is not burdensome. It's not hard, okay? Can you, can you think of just on your own areas in your life when maybe when you first got born again that some things that you saw in the Bible were hard to do? They were harder. But as you grew in the Lord, they became easier and easier. The closer you get to the Lord, the easier it is. It's not hard to obey God. It's not hard to obey His Word if you're drawing close to Him, if you're in His love, if you're staying in that area and growing and developing. It's not hard. But it's really hard if you're just faking it. If you're just saying, oh yes, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, but there's no actions in your life to to prove that, you're going to have a hard time. It's going to be hard. That's why you say things but don't keep the commitment. That's why a Christian would say, oh yes, I want to do this because they're in the emotional hot spot of the love of God. They feel so good and they say things and then they don't follow through. But the closer you get to the Lord and it's real, it's easy to follow the Lord. It's easy to do these things. It's not hard. Amen. Everybody say, love is an action. Say it again. Love is an action. 
I want those two words to, to connect. When you think of love, you think action. If we're to grow and abound in love, we must obey the Word of God. We must exercise love towards one another, and we must exercise love toward God. And that exercise is an exercise of action. It shows our love. Our love is revealed. Thirdly, our love is revealed through actions. Our love is revealed through actions. Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Notice, stirring up love and good works go together. Love results in action towards others. Love is never just in word. There's always action. The love of God I'm talking about always has action behind it. Love results in action towards others. Now, I want to show you in the Word of God. Again, I want to help you see this firsthand. The proof of love, okay? The proof of love is in the action. Our love for others through our actions is proof of our love. Someone might say, again, you don't know what's in my heart. Man, I've had people get downright vicious on this. And just right in my face, you can't tell me what's in my heart. You can't judge me. I'm not. But the Bible does tell me Jesus talked about being a fruit inspector. Anybody remember what he was talking about? I can't know what's in your heart. God can But I don't have to know what's in your heart. All I have to do is look at your life. And if I look at your life, and I look at some of the things in your life, that can kind of tell me how really hot for God you really are. How really on fire for God you really are. Let me say it this way. If I did everything I could to avoid my wife, all right? I love her, I'm married to her, we live together, but I did everything I could to avoid her. I only saw her once a week, all right? And the rest of the week, I just busy, 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 busy. I don't have time to sit down with her for dinner. I don't have time to talk with her. I just occasionally, when I need something, I ask her to go pick it up. And that's how my life is. Day after day, you know, this is the weekly routine. I see her once a week. We get together, have a meal. And then the rest of the week, we're just busy, 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 busy. And I just don't spend any time with her. Let me ask you this. What would you say about my love for her? You'd say it's pretty cold right? You'd say, that's pretty cold. Doesn't that sound like a lot of Christians come to church once a week, and that's the only time they give the Lord, and then the rest of the week, they're just too busy to spend any time with Him. They're just too busy to spend time in the Word. They're too busy to do other things. But see, here's the problem. We're not seeing God as a real person. We're not seeing the Lord as, as real, that I am a spirit, and He's a spirit, and we can communicate just like I can communicate with Jack. Even more so, Jack doesn't live in me. He's on the outside. Where God lives on the inside of me. I can can commune with God. I can fellowship with Him. And yet sometimes we just take for granted that He's around. Just like some husbands take for granted their wives are around. But that isn't real love. What would be an expression of real love in marriage? Well, that would be what? That we would spend consistent time together that I'd listen to her and she'd listen to me, that we would desire to be around one another, that we would have dinner several times, that we would set aside time occasionally just for her and I, 
That would what? That would, I would do things for her and she's doing things for me. We're being a blessing to one another. What does that do? That shows that love. That's proof of that love. Yeah, you guys all get in the picture here. Do we have to prove our love? Not necessarily for the sake of just proving it alone, but I want you to see your life in the light of the Word of God. And we all need to look at where are we at? No condemnation. Everybody say no condemnation. No one's picking on anybody. But how many want to grow? And how are we going to grow if we don't know the truth? (laughs) We have to evaluate ourselves. And that's the thing we don't like to do. How many agree? Have you ever had anybody tell you the truth about you and you just did not want to hear it? It's really bad when it's from a spouse or a mom or dad or a sister or a friend. You hate that. You want to be the one pointing the things out, not the one who's on the receiving end. In other words, we don't like sometimes the truth put back in us, but how many know we need it? It hurts sometimes, but it's good for us. How many would agree? Boy, not many. Philip, thank you, Philip. Appreciate that. I saw a couple more. How many would agree? It stings, but we need it. It's part of growing. It's like growing pains, (laughs) literally speaking. And so, in closing, God desires us to abound in love more and more, doesn't He? He wants us to increase in love. He wants us to grow and develop. Like a good father, He wants His children to grow. All right, How many of you want your children more blessed than you? You do, don't you? That's what a lot of you, you you want your kids more blessed than you. Well, God, our Father, already has everything. In fact, He has no need of any kind. He's just wrapped up in us. And He wants us blessed beyond measure. But there's a key here. we got to stay next to Him. we got to be next to Him. How do we do that? We walk in love. We grow in love. I want you to see that you're growing and abounding in love is growing and abounding in fellowship with the Father. You're getting closer to Him. And if you want to understand more about God, how many like the idea of understanding more about God? You have to understand more about love. You have to grow in love.